Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about marriage and the secret to a long and healthy marriage. And our first article from the Deep Roots at Home page is called Asking Forgiveness, Love Language of a Highly Fulfilling Marriage. The need to ask for forgiveness is one of the most ubiquitous of human experiences. We all need to do it a lot. Ruth Belgram was right when she said a happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. Indeed, it's essential if you are going to enjoy a truly fulfilling marriage. There's no other relationship I know where the need to forgive presents itself more often. You probably know of the groundbreaking work of Dr. Gary Chapman in The Five Love Languages and recognize this concept of languages. Dr. Chapman's premise is that many problems in relationship arise from miscommunication. He recommends that in order to be heard by others, we need to speak not in our natural language, but in the language of the hearer. My husband and I have come to realize that we have separate apology languages. My my husband insists that he has CDD, communication deficit disorder, but in reality, we all do. We must pray and plan exactly what we will say before we ask for forgiveness. It is important to choose the right wording for our apologies thoughtfully and carefully. When the prodigal son in Luke 15 decided to return home to ask for his father's forgiveness, he carefully worked out his apology in advance. When he met his father, he repeated nearly word for word what he had planned to say. It is so easy to say the quick words, I'm sorry, However, when we wound someone in our words or actions, I'm sorry may not be enough. Coming to the point of being able to say, will you please forgive me, is something far more weighty. It's humbling, and it requires courage and wisdom. A sincere apology is not defending oneself, for that is not pursuing peace. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, James 3.17. Godly wisdom is being willing to yield. It is not being stubborn when it comes to personal conflicts as long as it does not violate truth. When we are operating out of pride, the sincere words, please forgive me, don't come so easily. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 14 verse 19, Therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify or build up one another. We are to maintain an attitude of pursuing peace with humility at the expense of our pride. It is the only way to see true reconciliation. Many times we don't connect with the one we've harmed because we don't understand how deeply they're hurting, and so more walls are built. If we are wrapped up in our own selfish world, we fail to see the need for communicating sincere repentance to the person we have offended so they can receive it. Maybe you've been offering an apology in a language that is foreign to the wounded party. The five languages of apology from Gary Chapman's book by the same name include apology language number one, 
expressing regret. I am sorry. List the hurtful effects of your action. Show remorse. If it, it doesn't count if the person is only sorry that they got caught. Apology language number two, accepting responsibility. I was wrong. Name your mistake and accept fault. Note that it is easier to say you are right than I am wrong, but the latter carries more weight. Apology language number three, restitution, making amends. What can I do to make it right? Is any debt owed or repayment made? How shall I make amends to you? Do they need help dusting themselves off and getting back on their feet again? How are they now? Apology language number four, repentance. I'll try not to do that again. Repentance literally means turning around 180 degrees. Engage in problem solving. Don't make excuses. And apology language number five, requesting forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? I want to make it right with you and be in a good relationship with you. Be patient in seeking forgiveness and reconciliation. They may need some time or greater clarification of your input from apology languages number four, number one through four. Put ourselves in the other's place. As we think of how to ask forgiveness, we ought to make an effort to put ourselves in the other person's place and relive the offense. First, we think of all the disappointment and hurt that our offenses caused him or her. It is out of love for them and for the Lord who forgave us that we let the offenses break our heart. Now, in our 45th year of marriage, my husband and I are finally learning to apologize, not in our own language, but each other's language. God has granted us mercy and grace as we ask his wisdom and trust in his ways. He is faithful when he says, for with God, nothing is impossible. A happy marriage is the union of two good forgivers. Remember that quote from Ruth Bell Graham. Sincere apologies break down walls and smooth the path to forgiveness and restoration. They are a precious gift of love and tell our spouse how much you value them. May you surprise others with the authenticity, humility, and courage of your apologies. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgives you. to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well-baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. Next, we're reading from Jackie's article, The Basics of a Healthy Marriage How to Bless Families. Realizing that God gave your spouse to you as a gift to cherish and love, are you willing to work hard at your marriage? Are you willing to sacrifice and trust in the Lord for help? We all start out young and in some ways thoughtless about the hard work it will take to go the distance. Usually in the beginning we don't give much thought to finishing well. Whether we like it or not, we set the standard for the next generation of offspring as to what is important in life. Is it my selfish desires that I wish to further, or rather to leave a legacy of grace and faith in the Lord to my children? 
One of my, young, my, one of my role models for marriage is Billy and Ruth Graham. They started out young and had many struggles, but they persevered. We need models like that. Our children need models like that. Is it just me, or do most of us gals say, I want what they have? If so, we need to fight for our men and our marriages with kindness and a gentle and quiet spirit, as described in 1 Peter 3, 1-5. through 5. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment. Instead, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in the sight in great, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. We tend to want perfection out of our spouse, and we want it now. But with persistence and patience, we win the day in the end. Think of God's patience with you as you grow and mature as a follower of Christ. Ask God for help in being the best wife that you can be. Keep your focus on growing and overcoming and not constantly on every fault. I speak to myself here. Build your husband up daily and you will together become all that God has for you to be. Not all spouses are easy, but God is mighty. Stay faithful to him and to your spouse. The rewards are better than you can imagine. Two Christians that are bound together in Christ are stronger than the individuals themselves. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Ecclesiastes 4.12 We have lost a lot of our will to work hard at something. We have become hothouse plants. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Here are some key marriage scriptures. God created marriage. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Genesis 2.22 A husband is to love his wife. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Ephesians 5.25 A husband is to cling to his wife. Therefore, a man will leave his father and his mother and will cling to his wife, and they will be one flesh. Genesis 2.24 A wife is to submit to her husband. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Ephesians 5.22 Both husband and wife submit to one another. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ephesians 5.21 God hates divorce. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says he hates putting away divorce. For one covers violence with his garment, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Malachi 2.16 God created sex. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Genesis 1.17 God wants marriages to produce godly children. And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit, and why one? That he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. Malachi 2.15 Forgiveness is the key to happiness in the home. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Ephesians 4.32 Love is awesome. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not promote itself. Love is not puffed up, does not behave badly, 
seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-8 Marriage is a covenant, so God is a part of every marriage. The Lord hath been witness between you and, your, and the wife of your youth, against whom you have dealt treacherously, yet is she your companion and the wife of your youth. Malachi 2.14 God joins the couple together so their sexual intimacy is not sinful. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Separate. Mark 10.9 Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Hebrews 13.4 These key marriage scriptures are, excerpt, are excerpts from Family Horizons, Blessing Families. It is no secret that Jackie loves TRS, but some have asked exactly what is TRS? TRS is a nano zeolite spray that facilitates some amazing things. TRS does not heal anything, but it gently clears the body of toxins and heavy metals, so the body can heal itself exactly as God designed it to do. Why not get to the root cause instead of just applying band-aids? Excellent supplements and individual remedies can help, but they cannot help as much until you remove the root source of inflammation and disease. Detoxing toxins and metals is foundational to good health. TRS is safe for the elderly and for children as well. For more information, go to www.deeprootsathome.com forward slash TRS. This next article is titled Ruth Bell Graham, Her Lessons on Marriage and Quotes About Her Life. In her 87 years, Ruth Graham gave us some tremendous marriage lessons. She took it as her calling to nurture and keep her whole family happy, especially Billy. We all know that young adults make many of their most life-altering decisions before age 30. And yet, in recent years, the role models, those to whom they turn to for direction about living life to its fullest, are current sports figures or celebrities rather than wise elders. Some say the fault lies at the feet of the elders, who decide to carry on in permanent youth rather than becoming a role model or pass along their accumulated wisdom. Ruth Graham, who died in 2007, fully embraced her role and ultimately left us 14 books to pass along the life lessons she gleaned throughout her whole life. But the most important lessons that we can learn from Ruth Graham come from the example of her marriage to one of the world's most famous men. The most pivotal decision that Ruth Bell made was to marry Billy Graham, whom she met while a student at Wheaton College. Her decision was made with open eyes, and most of her internal wrestling went on before becoming engaged to Billy. She had always planned to be, as she put it, an old maid missionary. When she finally made up her mind to marry Billy, she never looked back. Her idea, willingly decided, was to simply slip into the background. If I marry, quote, he must be so tall that when he is on his knees, as one has said, he reaches all the way to heaven. His shoulders must be broad enough to bear the burden of a family. His lips must be strong enough to smile, firm enough to say no, and tender enough to kiss. Love must be so deep that it takes its stand in Christ, and so wide that it takes the whole lost world in. He must be active enough to save souls. He must be big enough to be gentle and great enough to be thoughtful. His arms must be strong enough to carry a little child. 
It's not unusual today for couples to still be unsure as they walk down the aisle on their wedding day. Such a life-changing decision should be made with eyes wide open. One or both of them enter marriage thinking that they will change the things about their mate that they don't like, yet neither will likely change. Ruth Graham modeled the seriousness of one facing reality for better or worse. People who knew her talk about her vitality, her joy, and her mischievousness. Ruth and her effervescent personality chose to stay in the background, but she did not live in her husband's shadow. She raised their five children almost single-handedly, yet she did not complain or slip into bitterness over her lot in life. She chose to stay busy and develop a ministry of her own. Since her death, numerous stories have been told about her work among individuals in the small community of Montreat, North Carolina, where she lived during all the six decades of her marriage. All of her children report that she used Billy's absences to do the things she believed God had called her to do, and she did those things with a joyful heart. The support of her church family was undoubtedly a factor in her being able to carry her burdens with unending energy and a ready smile. Perhaps one of her best marriage lessons, though, was when she told her daughters that their responsibility towards their husbands was not to make them good, but to keep them happy. It truly became her calling to nurture and keep her whole family happy, most especially Billy. In a life full of wonderful accomplishments, keeping her husband happy and thus well-equipped emotionally for the demands of ministry, along with helping to insulate him from many of the temptations that went along with his fame, numbers as one of her greatest achievements. I pity the married couple who expect too much from one another. It is a foolish woman who expects her husband to be to her that which only Jesus Christ himself can be, ready to forgive, totally understanding, unendedly patient, invariably tender and loving, unfailing in every area, anticipating every need, and making more than adequate provision. Such expectations put a man under an impossible strain. The same goes for the man who expects too much from his wife. If our children have the background of a godly, happy home and this unshakable faith that the Bible is indeed the word of God, they will have a foundation that the forces of hell cannot shake. And another quote, It's my job to love and respect Billy. It's God's job to make him good. God called you not to make your husband good, but to make him happy. It's a foolish woman who expects her husband to be to her that which only Jesus Christ himself can be. Always ready to forgive, totally understanding, unendably patient, invariably tender and loving, unfailing in every area, anticipating every need, and making more than adequate provision, such expectations put a man under an impossible strain. Yes, we quoted this quote twice. Gigi Graham, the daughter of Billy and Ruth Graham, said, As I grew older, I realized that my parents' love for one another was deeper than just the look in their eyes each time one of them came into the room. Their love was based on more than their physical and emotional attraction. It was based on solid, uncompromising commitment, first to Jesus Christ, second to the institution of marriage, and then commitment to each other. And Anne Graham said, My mother taught me by her example that Jesus is everything. He was the wellspring of her love and joy and peace that overflowed into our home. His presence was enough to ease the pain of her loneliness without daddy. His power was enough to get her through the day, for all practical purposes as a single parent. I have no doubt that the reason I love Jesus and I love my Bible is because she did. She planted those seeds in my heart long ago.
In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. And our last article for the day is Herbert and Zelmira's Choice Secrets of Successful and Long Marriage. I take thee to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. With optimism and hope, couples say these or similar words on their wedding day. But how many will have the courage and determination to live this way the rest of their lives? I want to introduce Herbert and Zelmira Fisher from North Carolina. This sweet couple who jumped the broom back in 1924 held the Guinness World Record for the longest marriage of a living couple and were married for 86 years. Together as young friends and then later when married, they survived the effects of World War I and II, the Great Depression, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Civil Rights Movement, and 15 presidential administrations. During the Depression, Herbert lived off the land and worked for as little as five cents a day. They had to raise their own food and ration it for their five children. Unable to afford a car, Herbert got to work as a mechanic the best way he could. Undaunted, Herbert built their home with his own hands in 1942. This is an interview they gave in 2011. We certainly can gain perspective from their simple, straightforward words they call their secrets. Number one, what made you realize that you could spend the rest of your lives together? Were you scared at all? H and Z said, with each day that passed, our relationship was more solid and secure. Divorce was never an option or even a thought. How did you know your spouse was the right one for you? We grew up together and were best friends before we married. A friend is for life. Our marriage has lasted a lifetime. Is there anything you would do differently after more than 80 years of marriage? We wouldn't change a thing. There isn't any secret. It it was only God that kept us together. We did just what was needed for each other and our family. What was the best piece of marriage advice you ever received? Respect, support, and communicate with each other. Be faithful, honest, and true. Love each other with all of your heart. What are the most important attributes of a good spouse? Zelmira said, a hard worker and a good provider. The 1920s were hard, but Herbert wanted and provided the best for us. I married a good man. You got married very young. How did you both manage to grow as individuals yet not grow apart as a couple? Everyone who plants a seed and harvests the crop celebrates together. We are individuals, but accomplish more together. What is your fondest memory of your 85-year-old marriage? Our legacy, five children, 10 grandchildren, nine great-grandchildren, and one great-great-grandchild. Does communicating get easier with time? How do you keep your patience? The children are grown, so we talk more now. We can enjoy our time on the porch in our rocking chairs together. 
How did you cope when you had to be physically separated for long periods of time? Herbert said, We were apart for two months when Zelmira was hospitalized with our fifth child. It was the most difficult time of my life. Zelmira's mother helped me with the house and other children. Otherwise, I would have lost my mind. At the end of bad relationship day, what's the most important thing to remind yourselves of? Remember, marriage is not a, con a contest. Never keep a score. God has put the two of you together on the same team to win. Is fighting important? Never physically. Agree that it's okay to disagree and fight for what really matters. Learn to bend, not break. What's the one thing you have in common that transcends everything else? We are both Christians and believe in the Lord. Marriage is a commitment to God. We pray with and for each other every day. Herbert and Zelmira called these their secrets. And though none of us are perfect, they shouldn't be secrets to those with God's promises and commands as their guide. They enjoyed each other's company until Herbert passed away in 2011 at the age of 105, leaving behind his 103-year-old bride. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, 6. And Proverbs 16, 31. White hair is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. Thanks for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time.